Good morning, and we are joined at this time, as we are this time every month, by the mayor of the city of Batesville, Mike Bettis. Good morning to you, Mr. Mayor. Good morning. How are you today? I am well, and I trust you are. And, of course, um, you know, one thing that uh, you know, we always meet at this time to uh, discuss the uh, Board of Works and City Council meeting. And, of course, uh, first up, the Board of Works had uh, five street closure requests and also a bid award. And what can you tell the folks about those? Yeah, and so one of the things that the Board of Works is uh, responsible for is public safety. And so whenever somebody wants to have an event that is on a city street or in a city parking lot, then that, uh, and they want to use uh, city property for those types of events, then uh, the Board of Works is tasked with giving permission uh, for those events. And so this month uh, we had five, we actually had three that were officially on the agenda. Uh, and then we had two additionals that came up late. Uh, I think one came up on Friday, late Friday afternoon, and another one came up yesterday during the day. And so we had a uh, request from the Alzheimer uh, organization out of Cincinnati who wanted to do a walk uh, in Batesville on Saturday, October 30th. And, and so that was the first one. The American Legion asked permission to have their annual Halloween parade, uh, which will be on Sunday, October 31st at 6 p.m. So there's a parade that starts down at the Memorial Pool and ends here at the Memorial Building. And the American Legion has done this for many years, and so they they, uh, asked for permission again for this year. Uh, uh, Margaret May Health uh, runs a program Uh, called the Girls on the Run. So they have a spring and fall 5K, which which is scheduled to take place then on Saturday, November 13th. And so that was on our agenda. And so those three were the ones that we had early. And we had two additional that came in, I'll say, later. uh, Local organization, Phi Beta Psi, normally has a, a... fundraising event where they collect money at the intersection of Boringer and Walnut Street. And so they came and said, hey, well, you know, can we have that and can we still do it at that same intersection or do we need to move it? And and so we're hearing from the contractors they should have everything done in that section and Walnut Street should be done, uh, open to traffic this week if weather permits and they can get everything done this week. So uh, October 2nd is the day that they're looking for, so we, uh, we gave approval for that. And then the fifth and final one was the Batesville Youth Football Organization is having uh, some local football games for the youth league, and which is scheduled for October 9th, and they wanted to close Columbus Avenue between Mulberry and Huntersville on I believe it's Saturday, October 9th, from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. And so they have a lot of young people there during that event, and they wanted to close off traffic so to make it safer for kids to get from one field to the next. So uh, Board of Works approved all five requests, and so that got taken care of. All right. And, of course, the um, bid award for the Community Crossing Matching Grant, and uh, you had a, um, there were uh, three bidders in that, and then you had a, a winning bid. That's right. We had three bidders for uh, that uh, uh, that we opened up back on August 16th, 
Uh, the low bidder was a company called the Paul H. Rowe Company. And so their bid, I believe, was uh, 997000 so just under a million dollars. Uh, we had two other bids that were both over a million, one that was 1.1 and one that was 1.2. And so that um, the bid, their bid documents were then reviewed by our legal counsel and then also by our engineers. And so uh, that was determined that they were the low, responsive, and responsible bidder. And so uh, that contract was awarded to Rowe Company, and that will be work that will be performed next summer. All right, and moving on to the uh, city council meeting and uh, between the uh, council and the uh, board of works meeting, uh, you know, of course, this is the talk of the town. The uh, the two young men who uh, stopped uh, for the uh, funeral procession for uh, Charles Yorn at the uh, Methodist Cemetery, and uh, also uh, the new firefighter uh, paramedic being sworn in. Yeah, and so uh, many times our meetings are, I'll say, somewhat mundane, uh, not very exciting, and and taking care of city business and some of which is not very, very exciting. And, but, uh, we got to do, uh, two fun things this week. And so, uh, I'll start, if you allow me, I'll start with swearing in our new firefighter. So we, we hired a new firefighter, Ryan Marcou, who is already started with us. And so we had his official, uh, swearing in ceremony. And so he, uh, we had to go through the official pledge and which, uh, he handled like a champ, and we also uh, then his son got to put his badge on him, and did so without uh, sticking dad with a <laughs> pointy noodle, and so that's always a plus. Uh, but no, so that's one of the, this is one of those uh, things that we started a few years back as a as a way to uh, recognize when we have a new uh, either police officer or firefighter, and so we're. We're excited to have Ryan join our team, and um, we're hoping to continue to grow our fire department over the next few years. Uh, it's one of the things that we've been working on is trying to have more full-time firefighters in addition to our volunteer force and trying to uh, make sure that we have the, the correct number of people to show up at a, at a scene when people need us the most. So we're excited to have Ryan join us. But probably the biggest thing that happened uh, at the meeting on Monday night is we had the opportunity to uh, bring in the two young men that you've already mentioned, uh, Cristiano Barajas and Lane Moody, and we had them join us at the meeting on Monday night so that we could uh, properly thank them for um, uh, for their show of patriotism and, and, and also for their respect for, for the military. Uh, if, you, if you're not familiar with the story, the two young men were riding their bikes and uh, came across, uh, they were close to the Methodist Cemetery and came across a funeral procession and the, the funeral ceremonies were taking place. And so they um, got off their bikes, stood at attention, and, and a neighbor saw them from a distance, took their picture, uh, posted it on Facebook, and since then it has been picked up by all kinds of news sources from a, uh, across the region and, and even by the state and across the country. And so Monday night we actually had a television crew from NBC Nightly News came to film uh, film the young men and uh, 
not sure when they'll do their story, but they came and did and did uh, interviews with the boys beforehand, and then did and then came to our city council meeting and filmed the proceedings there. And so we took the time to thank them for uh, for, for for being a great example for the rest of us. And so not everybody would stop and do what those two young men did that day. And certainly that speaks highly of them and also speaks highly of their parents, who obviously have instilled uh, those values into them. And, uh, and I said this Monday night, and so coming off of Saturday, which was the 20th anniversary of 9-11, and all that brought, and, and certainly the feelings of patriotism that swelled after 9-11, um, and it seems to have waned here recently and certainly uh, is not as strong as it was back then. Uh, but to see these two young men who uh, could have gone a different direction, could have um, swam upstream and not been a part of it, but stopped and took the time to be respectful, uh, as I said, speaks well of them and speaks well of their parents. And so uh, city council wanted to honor them, uh, and we did. And we also had a private citizen who showed up, um, a Mr. Schwetman, Tom Schwetman, who showed up and is an author of a book about his time in, in the Marines and wanted to pay his respects. And so uh, he also presented them with uh, uh, copies of his book, actually autographed copies of his book. I'm not sure how, uh, if they'll ex uh, under no, know today how important that is but hopefully they'll tre treasure those books and they'll understand the full meaning of it later in life but to have those young men um, do what they did and do so without looking for any acknowledgement or looking for anything um, it it was truly amazing and and so we thankful that they came and and uh, were able to recognize them and and what they've done so it was, it, that that is one of the things that makes being mayor of a small town fun is to get to have those kinds of things that happen and you get to recognize people who have done great work and deserve to be recognized. All right, and and he well said. And uh, now to now to be the uh, the buzzkill, if you will. Um, uh, of course, uh, moving on to the agenda, he had a, a pair of uh, second readings on some salary ordinances for 2022. That's right, and so back to back to the mundane, right? Yeah. And so, uh, yes, and so part of our budgeting cycle is uh, to prepare for the next year's budget, and so the first piece of that puzzle then is to understand where we're going to go with with salaries for next year. So salaries is probably the biggest portion. Salary and benefits is, is the biggest portion of our budget, and so we set those salary schedules for next year. And, and so for the 20, for the year 2022, uh, we, um, the city council approved a 5.5% increase in the salary schedule um, for the different uh, salaries. And so this year they did, they wanted to do it slightly differently. It gets a little involved. And so normally we would, you would say everybody gets a five and a half percent raise. And so this year we did it slightly differently they calculated what a 5.5% raise would be for the entire organization and then said, okay, that works out to about $2,600, $2,700 a person. And so everybody will get that same amount um, from those people who are making 
I'll say at the low end of the scale, maybe 40000 a year to those making at the high end of the scale that are making sixty to 70000 a year will all get the same dollar amount raised instead of a, a percentage. Uh, and so uh, that got approved in with a second reading Monday night. Then there was also a an salary ordinance then for the elected officials, which was done in a separate document. And so that, too, was approved. Uh, and so th- those salaries were adjusted the same way as this employee salaries were adjusted. And so those both of those ordinances are approved. Uh, city council had a special meeting or had a budget hearing uh, two weeks ago and have, have an outline of a budget that they reviewed. And so now uh, Paul Gates, our clerk treasurer, will be putting together the uh, I'll say the official budget, and will be. And now that he understands how some of the parts and pieces, are, what what some of the limits that city council is looking for, uh, and so he'll build the budget around those limits, and then we'll he'll be able to present a a full revised budget then in October for them to review, so that we can then continue on that budget process, and then submit it to the state, and then hopefully they approve it, and then hopefully get all that wrapped up before the end of this year. So we're ready to go next year with our budget set and ready to go. It's not exciting stuff, but that is really the nuts and bolts of things that have to get done to run a business or to run a government or run a city. Those are uh, not exciting, but they are very important to get done. And so uh, we've got another, we made another step in the correct and the right direction to get that completed on, in a timely basis. All right. And with that, we're going to go ahead and take a brief uh, break and we'll be back and talk about the new business of the portion of the uh, meeting as well as other items. And that's coming up next on The Daily Pod. Don't adjust your radio. The sound that you hear is your stomach. You're having trouble focusing. You can't recall your last meal. You're trapped in the hunger zone. The solution, Batesville to go. Let To-Go deliver a hot, fresh meal to your home or office whenever hunger strikes. To-Go delivers the best food from local restaurants. Visit us online at togodelivers.com or call us at 812-727-8800. Batesville To-Go, big city convenience, small town taste. And welcome back to The Daily Pod. I'm Tom Snape, and we are speaking with the mayor of the city of Batesville, Mike Bettis. And, uh, of course, uh, new business uh, coming up. Uh, the uh, first reading of an ordinance is re- revolving around wastewater treatment, but uh, because of time being of the essence, uh, council had to uh, suspend, uh, excuse me, suspend the rules. That's right. And so um, I believe it was a year, maybe two years ago, that we uh, revised the wastewater ordinance, uh, and it was quite an extensive change to wording throughout the ordinance. And so, and so that was completed. Uh, afterwards, it was shared with uh, the EPA. The folks from the EPA went through it with a fine-tooth comb and were satisfied with, I'll say, the basic structure of it, but they had some, they wanted us to clean up some grammatical things, some punctuation things, and so they wanted some minor little changes made made to it, and they wanted it done quickly. So they uh, had shared with us what items they wanted changed, so we made those changes and we put them back in the same format. There was no changes to any of the dollar amounts. There's no changes to any of the schedules. There's no changes to anything that would affect 
uh, either the cost or the operation of the of the system is more of a paperwork shuffle than anything else. And so they asked us to revise it. We did. Uh, we suspended the rule so we could do it in one reading so that we could then get the revised document back to them for their final, for one more book from them. Uh, and so, again, this is not very exciting work, but it's necessary work. And so the uh, to be in compliance with the EPA, we uh, got that taken care of Monday night. And uh, it's probably one of those things that we probably will have to deal with for a number of years again. But uh, it is something that we did get done, and, and uh, council was very good about being willing to work with uh, us and also with the EPA so that we could get it done uh, in one reading. And the next item was uh, Kristen Weiler, a business owner and a citizen, had concerns about the utility replacement project on Walnut Street. Yeah, and so Kristen uh, had reached out to me maybe 10, 10 days ago, uh, two weeks ago, with some concerns about the, um, about the project and in particular about the contractor. Uh, and so she uh, also had some concerns about how information is being shared and, and not being shared often enough. And so uh, she wanted to address counsel, so she did. And so uh, she was very eloquent, and and I was able to express her displeasure in a professional manner about how um, the, about the length of time of, it took to to do this work and then also the conduct of the contractor, and then also the city. Uh, she encouraged us to do a better job of letting people know about when we're working in some, in, on the street in front of somebody's house and doing a better job of working with the residents or businesses in that area. Uh, so we'll always strive to do better. And so I appreciate that she took the time out of her schedule to come and share with us. Uh, and so uh, she's not a... Uh, not a satisfied customer, so we'll see what we can do to try to do better for the future and see if we can't uh, make some improvements and try to do our best to keep people informed about projects. Uh, these projects are uh, not; uh, these projects are a little difficult, and there's always surprises, and things do get sideways once in a while. But we just need to do a, a better job of keeping people informed, and so we'll work on that. All right, and then uh, moving on to uh, something uh, a real positive. This was the uh, Batesville Area Arts Council. Of course, uh, recall uh, they had uh, gotten the Belterra funds request, and uh, they used it. And of course, part of it, uh, you know, they had the uh, Umbrella Sky project, and uh, you received a a bit of a a thank you uh, from this organization. Yes, and and, uh, and so President of Council John Eargang also noted on Monday night that one of the one of the things that we ask people to do when we uh, when somebody comes and asks for money from the Belterra Fund for their project or their program, whatever it might be, that we ask people to come back and, and share with us how it went and so we, they can then determine was it a good use of Belterra funds. And so uh, the folks from the Batesville Area Arts Council uh, did that Monday night. They came back and shared uh, some of the information they've gathered either from businesses or from the chamber or from the Franklin County uh, Visitors Bureau about the success of the the Umbrella Sky project, and uh, so they shared the information they had. There, I think they're still working through what what are the next steps 
for that, and they wanted to uh, thank city council for it. I think city council, um, I'll, I'll speak for myself in this case instead of just for council, but I do very much appreciate all the work that the Batesville Area Arts Council is doing around our city. Certainly, Umbrella Sky Project has brought a lot of visitors and has brought a lot of attention, a lot of positive attention to the city of Batesville, and uh, I'm very proud of that. And um, that, that, and so the Umbrella Sky is it's been in place for a number of months, but uh, that's not the only thing that they're doing around the community. And so uh, a week ago, over a week ago, they had a a ribbon cutting for the new artwork that was placed on Walnut Street between Pearl and George Street on the side of the Architectural Products Building owned by Hillrom on Walnut Street. And so that was a, a nice event. Uh, people have uh, certainly by now, if you've driven through downtown, have noticed that uh, there is now some new artwork that is on the clock tower, on the Hillrom clock tower, right in downtown, basically at the intersection of Main and Pearl Streets. There's a clock tower that's three, four stories in the air. And so they have put up some decorations around the clock to give it that German feel. The one face of it looks like it's almost, um, uh, gosh, I can't, uh, like a cuckoo clock almost. And so it has wood, woodmen on it and some weights underneath that. And so it's really, a, a, it's turned out really beautiful. It was done by local artists. And so they're looking to have a grand opening or ribbon cutting for that here. And that, uh, hopefully next week, I think, is their plan. I'll let them share that date when they're ready to do so. But uh, uh, and so the Bates Area Arts Council has been very active in our community for many years. They do a great job of working with our schools and making sure our students have uh, the opportunity to get to try a lot of different types of art and have done so for many years. And that has really been their main focus. But over the last number of years, they've also done I've been involved in a number of other projects. Uh, the two I just mentioned, the Umbrella Sky, they've also been involved with the ISO Symphony Orchestra event for the last three years. And so they're very active in our community. And, and so as the conversation went on, uh, Council then also thanked the Batesville Arts Council for what they're doing in our community to make Batesville a, a, a great place to live. And so we're very thankful for all that they do and uh, so it was somewhat of a love fest there for a few minutes, and but it uh, uh, but it, it it speaks volumes about our community, and and the arts council has done a great job and very very thankful for all they do. Indeed, and uh, yet that is a good description of the uh, the clock tower of the the uh, cuckoo clock effect. Uh, so. Uh, very nicely done by uh, local artist Chaz Kaiser and uh, Andrea Grimsley. And uh, so, but then uh, finally, uh, Mr. Mayor, uh, before we uh, close, uh, close things up today, uh, you uh, had issued a proclamation for the month of September. That's right. I, I have done this for the last few years. And so I have, um, September is historically the prostate cancer awareness month. And as, as probably most everybody knows that I, uh, um, had prostate cancer back in 2019 and have been treated for that and have 
uh, been able to have a successful outcome from those treatments. Uh, but I try to do my part to bring awareness to prostate cancer. Uh, I was fortunate that um, I caught my uh, prostate cancer early on and was able to be treated. And, and, and that's the beauty of, of, if there is such a thing, the beauty of, of having cancer. If you can catch it early, there's a good chance that you can be treated and have it taken care of. Uh, I was lucky enough that between my wife and my doctor, uh, who made sure I had a PSA test uh, when I was doing my yearly physical, and back in 2018, uh, after that was completed, that was my PSA level was higher than it should be. It was in the uh, 5.4, 5.2 range. And which is a, what higher than what needed to be, and so I, additional testing was done. It was then determined uh, through a test that uh, I had prostate cancer, and so then I was able to uh, get treated. And so that is the trick of all this: is to you, you need to be working with your your medical uh, folks and make sure you get tested on a regular basis, so that you can catch it early, get treated early and then be able to live a long and happy life afterwards. I know for, for men, it's, it seems to be prostate cancer. For women, it tends to be breast cancer, and uh, both need to be checked on a regular basis. And so I encourage um, all men if you to make sure that that's part of what you think about when you start to get to be 50 years old or so. Uh, maybe even before that, you start having your PSA drawn on a regular basis so you know where you're at, so you can then be smart about it when it, if it does ever jump up like mine did, so that you can be uh, have additional testing done so that you can then get it treated if need be. And so I'm, I'm one of the lucky ones and been able to have mine treated and treated successfully, and I just want to do my part to make sure that uh, others will do, do the same Make sure you get tested. Make sure you're paying attention, and then uh, get treated if you need to. There's lots of treatment options, and and so there's lots of us out there who have already had prostate cancer that you can talk to. Most of us, uh, at least the ones that I know, are more than willing to share their experience, so as to um, help guide others uh, to get treated and get get through the myriad of all the treatment options that are available so that you can take care of yourself and uh, get it taken care of so you can live a long and happy life so so I read a proclamation this year like I do every like I have for the last few years and um, uh, hope people will listen and hope people will get tested and and be able to uh, take the necessary steps to take care of it very well said, uh, Mr. Mayor. So, uh, Mike Bettis, uh, Mayor of the City of Batesville, we thank you for joining us this morning, and uh, all the best to you, and we will talk to you down the road. All right. Everyone have a great day. All right. Thank you very much, sir. And, again, our thanks to the Mayor of the City of Batesville, Mike Bettis, for joining us this morning. I'm Tom Snape for The Daily Pod.